0: This podcast is sponsored by Prime Super, providing straightforward superannuation solutions to Australian businesses for over 20 years. Go to primesuper.com.au to see what we can do for you. Joining me now to to discuss this is distinguished Professor Patsy Yates, who's the chair of the ACN's End of Life Care Policy Chapter. Patsy, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So, the Australian College of Nursing has released a white paper titled "Achieving Quality Palliative Care for All: The Essential Role of Nurses." Um, firstly, what are the practices that are outdated or that need getting rid of, or you know, what are we doing wrong currently?
1: Look, I think that nurses have always been really central to care of people who are dying. But I think some of the challenges we face today is is really around scaling that up to be able to um, provide the right level of care at the right time in the right place. And so I think some of our core nursing practices have always been there, but I think the main challenge we have is actually achieving that um, at scale to ensure that everybody at end of life has the best possible care. And I think that means sort of being able to provide that person-centred, individualised care. I think that means being able to work as part of a team. And I think that means sort of really being quite innovative about the sort of models that we um, that we use to deliver care so that it does ensure that it is the best quality and that it is reaching everyone who needs it. Mm-hmm.
0: And the, the paper focuses on three urgent areas for action, um, and so actually one kind of, is looking at the funding models that um, allow nurses, dedicated nurses in rural and regional areas. But Action 2 looks at um, implementing relevant policy and legislative legislative reforms to remove structural barriers. Um, What what do you want to see implemented or what what kind of do we need to remove to to help nurses get their job done in palliative care?
1: Look, I think at the organisational level, there's some very practical sort of things in terms of actually um, sort of even like referral pathways, for example. So sometimes, you know, there's barriers in terms of, you know, if a person um, needs um, palliative care, um, there's sometimes sort of referral processes that actually sort of get in the way to maybe even sort of referring to a nurse, you know, directly to be able to do, you know, that initial assessment as part of a team. So I think, you know, sort of referral pathways at the organisational level is one sort of example of of where there's where there can be blocks, you know, um, unnecessary blocks to get. Um, care, which is often times you know sort of pretty when it's needed, it's it's often sort of needed um, immediately. It's the sort of care that can't wait. But at the broader sort of legislative area, I think it's also around things like you know for some of our advanced practice nurses and roles, you know, making sure that um, there's um, there is no barriers to things like being able to um, prescribe or um, or to you know order appropriate investigations or whatever it might be um, that um, you know nurses need to be able to, um, to ensure that it, it, it gets that, that immediate care um, without those hurdles that actually might create disruption and distress for patients. Mm-hmm. But when nurses are appropriately qualified to do that, it's really not satisfactory anymore that, that those barriers are in place.
0: Mm-hmm. And Action 3 looks at you know, basically ensuring the sufficient numbers of nurses to meet the demand for palliative yeah. care. I mean, that sounds simple but I think that's an ongoing problem for the nursing industry. Yeah, so how do we get to that point?
1: I think that um, there's some uh, important work that's going on around that that recognises that the demand for palliative care is only going to increase. So we've got an ageing population and um, a shift to people who that that end of life trajectory really now happens over a long length of time um, rather than um, sort of um, and so that people might need support from palliative care services for a much longer length of time and in a range of different settings. You know that might in the community, might be in residential aged care settings or it might even be um, at points of time in that end of life um, care trajectory that they may need um, um, short consultative services in an acute care settings or even end of life care in acute care settings. So for all of that, what it, the, the complexity of actually having a workforce model, which means that um, it's not just about the specialist end of palliative care. That's really critical, having specialist palliative care services. But the workforce model also really assumes that we've got all healthcare providers, um, you know, whether they be nurses working in aged care or nurses working in an acute care setting, to recognise that they need um, um, some sort of palliative care skills, even though they might not be specialist, to be able to um, provide Provide that sort of support and work as part of a team, working as part of consulting with specialist palliative care providers. So with the growing demand, with the complexity of ensuring that this is not just um, the domain of a specialist service, this is actually a whole of workforce sort of um, issue that we're facing. Um, There really needs to be both attention to some um, modelling to know what numbers we need, but also um, some really good research to understand and, and associated training programs to understand what's the level of capability that everyone needs to have across the workforce.
0: You mentioned numbers there. Does a number come to mind or is there a percentage that you see that we need to bump the nursing workforce up by to meet this demand?
1: You know, it's interesting. I don't think that anyone really has any um, good sufficient data on that. You know, I think that's one of the challenges we face is that um, particularly in um, specialist areas in in, um, the nursing workforce, there isn't necessarily good data to sort of know how that's going to match the demand for the future. So I don't really know that, um, but I think it's really um, important that we actually do... Um, get better data so that um, you know we, we can resource and plan for the future.
0: Kylie mm-hmm. Ward, when talking about this paper, used the phrase "nurse-led models of care." Can you yep. unpack that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So I think um, one of the things that we did in preparing this paper was we did a, a good review of the um, the, the available evidence. And what we looked at is studies where there had been um, some sort of nurse-led model. And when we say nurse-led models, that's not nurse-alone models. That's nurses who might be coordinating or leading a particular uh, approach to care that's part of um, a full-team approach because that's actually a critical part of palliative care. So it, it's examples of... And when we looked at the research and we looked at what was involved with that, we actually saw that nurses might be have a critical role in that early stage of um, um, understanding that people might um, need um, end of life care so particularly around beginning those um, um, early education around what might be an advanced care planning about what might uh, what a person's choices might be that nurses can play a critical role in that um, early phase of transitioning people to understand what their um, what their choices and, and wishes may be in the future. But also uh, examples, and there's plenty of examples in the literature of where nurses are, um, the sort of the um, delivering uh, services, clinical services, which really focus on maybe symptom management or patient education. And thirdly, um, a really important area, which is really around coordination and navigation of the range of services that someone might need. So when we looked at the literature there was really good studies which showed that when we've got appropriately qualified nurses who are delivering those sorts of interventions that um, that there can be improvements in patient outcomes in terms of um, quality of life, symptoms, etc. So, you know, we we sort of identified that based on the evidence it was really important that these sorts of models are supported and resourced um, even further as part of a broader development of palliative care services the nurse actually plays a pretty fundamental and pivotal role in achieving good outcomes
0: I would imagine that maybe the conversations or this paper was maybe prompted by you know the introduction of voluntary assisted dying which is coming in in Victoria very soon do you see much uh, upheaval in the future with that uh, voluntary assisted dying coming in
1: Look, I think that that's that um, the the discussion around um, voluntary assisted dying isn't is, an, is um, an important one for the community. Um, I think this paper was really sort of recognising that um, that palliative care it, you know, it's, it's, we can't even sort of really I think have conversations around things like voluntary assisted dying if we haven't really even got good palliative care services in place in the first instance so fundamental to good end of life care is having um, good palliative care services and so this paper was really driven from that point of view that actually that's sort of something we've got to get right in our community um, uh, so that everyone has access and, and, gets and has the best quality um, of life as, as possible